doohickey, you know, the doohickey that rolls. Hi, this is Meatloaf. Okay, kids, you know what time it is? You know what time it is? It's Outlaw Radio Time! I'm through with standing in line for some fun to begin, but I found a good thing leaving me with a grin. It's time for Outlaw Radio to begin. Have the great Billy Gibbons here? Yeah. Hey, that didn't sound too bad. Huh? Hit the lightning bolt loud. <laughs> oh man! We're here with Matt. Oh yeah! Hit the lightning Guys and girls in the house. Let me tell you, that's where it's at. <laughs> and that's, ladies and gentlemen, Matt Allen. Pass me a gallon. D D D D. So. Starting a conversation with So, which is a pet peeve of mine. So, So, so my brother was, uh, he was watching some uh, Bill Maher thing with uh, Kid Rock. And and my brother Mark mentioned that uh, they were drinking and smoking on the show. Yeah, they had bottles in front of them. mixing. Well, Kid was drinking Coors Light. Yeah. And Bill so, Maher. So, had, obviously, it was a few months ago. And Bill Maher was uh, having mixed drinks, but he was mixing his drinks right on the air. Yeah. Right on the camera. You and know. We were it, both smoking cigars. And smoking stogies. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I would have come up with that idea, say, uh, 26 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I sure wish. Yeah. You're just not there. You're just not thinking straight. I'm just not thinking straight. And there were plenty of people 20 years ago said, you know, you should have video on that show. You know, it's great for terrestrial. Your radio stations love Outlaw Radio, but you should you should have it on a video. And of course, I didn't listen because, well, I'm a radio guy. Timing. Yeah, what was that? Timing, Timing. also. Ti- what what is it? Ti- Timing. Time. Time. <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan does the same thing on his show. What? Yeah, yeah. What? Okay. What? What? Yeah. what time is it? I wonder where they uh, wonder where they stole those uh, ideas from, and here we are in the backyard of an 1876 Virginia City, Nevada style bar, smoking, drinking, interrupting, and as, roasting as we've been doing for 26 friggin' years. But things are going to change. The the glass is, is half full, my friends. Yeah. Good times are a coming. You betcha. Hey, uh, Wonder Hussy, if you recall, it wasn't last week, wasn't it the week before yeah. that uh, that she was on from Northern California because obviously she couldn't take the heat anymore in Death Valley. So she was hanging with her mother and... I mentioned to her this concept of the bonus hole, which she had not heard before. But immediately loved. <laughs> yeah, she, she loved the idea. It's an alternative for vagina so as not to offend the LGBTQIA, E-I-E-I-O, and on this farm there was an L. L-G-B-T-Q-I-A-A-E-I-O, A-A-E-I-O, A-A-E-I-O. Most of these people are mental patients. Dave's got no rhythm. Anyway, go ahead. LGBTQA uh, community, so so we don't offend them. Marty's you, back. You don't want to call the vagina the vagina. You want to call it a bonus hole. That's right. Why not? For those who don't have a vagina, 
and are thinking about a sex change or just simply they consider themselves uh, a female even though they're a guy and no matter how much surgery you have you'll never be a female if i talk like this i can be anything i want to I be can, yes as long as i talk with a lisp then it's it's all right i am a female although most females the vast majority i talk like that. i'd say 99 percent of females don't talk with a lisp so I don't know where that affectation came from. That's uh, weird. Maybe it was Alan Seuss from you know the years. Laugh-in. Yeah, from Laughing could have been that uh, that Alan Seuss uh, a Love American style where they portrayed him as a heterosexual. Which I thought now that was a great act. That was a great actor. That Alan Seuss acting as though he was heterosexual. In love American style, that's some good stuff there. Well, you know, Paul Lind. Paul Lind never, never scored his essays. Yeah, Paul Lind had a feminine. He had a well, real he was flamboyant. A, he was a, sort of effeminate, but he did not talk like the th- ever, ever. And P.S. Uh, this man was a creative genius. I thought Paul Lind was a, a comedic genius. So here's the bottom line: Wonder Hussy. After we talked to her, she looked it up. She looked up bonus hole, and this and one of the great reasons why we we love Wonder Hussy because she does her due diligence, and and when she's interested in a topic, she will dive head first. She's her own research team. No, but she's great. She's yeah. great, and so she looked it up, and she sent me a text saying, you know, that bonus hole thing's not real. So I immediately thought to myself, you know what she did? She without without knowing this, but assuming because not one to boast, I'm a pretty intelligent guy. So I went right to Snopes because I just, I had a feeling that would be the culprit. Went to Snopes and if you read the first couple paragraphs, it gives you the impression that this doesn't exist. You have to read down to hear the actual story from those folks in England and that clinic that began began the moniker bonus hole to to, to learn the facts. Now why is Snopes so full of crap? Because they're a lefty organization. Did you know that? Yeah. You did? Okay. Yeah, of course. So understand. I don't even know what Snopes is. Man. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, what Snopes with you? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I had one one time. So I'm telling you, so when you want to fact check, Snopes might not be the place to go. I don't know where you go, but if you're Googling something, you have to go to the fourth or fifth page to get the truth because you'll get all this lefty crap first and they will and, and you will read that as though these are the facts well they're not the facts and so i sent uh wait did i even uh, mention this uh, to wonder hussy that it was true no nah, i didn't i mean why waste my time the next time wonder hussy's on the show with us I'll probably uh, mention. Yeah, don't bother the hippie. Uh, don't. Yeah, don't. Don't bother. Don't bother the hussy. She's she's burning up in the in the desert for God's sakes. Um, Fox uh, forces Jason Aldean to remove the BLM riot footage from "Try That in a Small Town." That music video. Producers of Jason L. Dean's Try That in a Small Town music video have quietly removed archival footage of Black Lives Matter rioters after Fox threatened legal action, according to a new report. You know, ever since the kids have taken over... By the way, my mic is driving me crazy. It sounds really weird in my ears. Uh, it sounds good over here. Yeah, okay, I'm going to do this. 
do that. I'm with Matt. I think the audio sounds weird. Now now you got the hum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You got a hummer. All righty. Well, now we're back to college radio again. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks. I ignored that. Thanks to Tattoo Dave, our producer. Got a little. The Tattoo Dave Show. Yeah, we all know. Yeah. And it's getting worse and worse. Country uh, superstar Cody Johnson is he is he good? Now, uh, he is true hardcore country. Yeah. So, but, but is he a good performer? Uh, excellent. Yeah. See, I he's my fact checker. Tattoo Dave, our producer, is my fact checker when it comes to country, because Tattoo Dave is an aficionado. That's right. He's Jewish. Loves country music. What? I don't know. What? I don't what know. The hell Marty, Marty's back. I don't, know <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means, but uh, well, I'll tell you what that means: a little anti-Semitism coming from the Marty. Just because I said he's Jewish, I'm anti-Semitic. Well, well, because you count well. him out as because he's a Jew, he can't love country. Never said that. Yes, well, you did. That, that's exactly what you said. I said he loves country. I said he's Jewish. <laughs> You're surprised uh, that a, that a Jew <laughs> can love country. No, I never said That's exactly what you said. But why else surprised. make the comment? Right. Don't See? worry about it, Dave. <laughs> hey, Marty, where were you last week? Calm down. You don't want to know. It's very sad. By you way, should go back. By the way, Mart, uh, you know, we are not in the ma- ma- majority here. In fact, you're in the minority because uh, I was made a, a Jew by uh, Milton Berle so many years ago. Oh, I know. And then I'm you got right. Mark C.G. Boyer, a bona fide Jew. Yes, I am. And uh, Tattoo Dave. And don't uh, hate me. Sort, sort of a Jew. Uh, country superstar Cody Johnson uh, uh, backs <coughs> Jason L. Dean. If being patriotic makes you an outlaw, then by God, I'll be an outlaw. Yep. Yeah. Right. Voice- what about that Blake Shelton? Oh yeah, I said yeah. How about that, huh? Backed out of a of a sixty million dollar deal with CMT. Yeah. After they took the CMT can kiss good my good man. Wow, well, yeah. that's that's what Blake says, and so many others. Yep. Yeah. Bad move. Yeah. Cody Johnson says uh, to L. Dean, "Keep it up, brother. Love that." And we lost a uh, music legend, sort of. Irish uh, music legend Sinead O'Connor dead yeah. at fifty six, and they haven't they haven't come out yet with uh, what I mean. It ha- it, don't you think it was suicide? How old is uh, she? I'm guessing it had. 56. I mean, I, I hate to put it this way, but gun to my head, uh-huh. I would have to say it was suicide. But well, you know, there's a lot of controversy. We don't about know, her. man. Yeah, but when she did the Saturday Night Live thing and she got shut down. Well, she was a, she was a big yappy bitch. You know, yeah. it's funny, uh, not funny, but uh, their HBO or one of the channels is playing. They made a documentary about her last year, yeah. and her rise, and then right. shut down from pop from the pop culture, and uh, they're streaming it again, obviously. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor um, has died at fifty six. Nothing compares. Is that her song? Well, yes. here I, yes. I, I, it wasn't her song. Prince yes, wrote it. Yeah, the great Prince wrote that song, which uh, happened to be a brilliant song. And Chris uh, Cornell did the best version. Would you I would thought. you turn my mic up a little bit? Maybe it's up too loud. No, yeah, okay. Now I'm starting to hear. Mark, do you hear that? It's better See if now. he has. It, it, so here's what I think. I think Tattoo Dave, in his attempt to completely take over the show, yeah. is keeping my mic down below his. That's just his first step. So he, it is. It is. Yeah. This is how it happens. Well, let me just tell you. You know, I, I will tell you that Russia will will take over and never have to fire a shot. Right. And that's what's happening here with Tattoo Dave. Slowly, that's correct. Slowly. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, if, at least at least you're in the know. Well, and you the, realize what's happening. Here's what's important on the show: is facts. We love facts. <laughs> so if we just stick to the facts, I had your mic up at this level, but you said it was bothering Dave, you, stop. so I turned it down. Back in the day, in nineteen <laughs> in nineteen eighty nine, I believe it was. That was a good year. I went through, and it was a good year. I went through several program directors at KIIS Kiss FM here in Los Angeles as I was performing the afternoon drive radio show uh, here in the second largest market, but the the number one market as far as uh, making money. Uh, and I'm not talking about simply the radio personalities, but the revenue for radio stations. See, when I start talking about Kiss, I start talking like Rick D's, and uh, you know the revenue. And God bless that revenue because uh, because of that, I made 4.2 million dollars a year from one radio station. And it's not about the money; it's about how much. Okay, enough of the Rick D's impressions, but that's yeah, it's a classic Rick D's-ism. But uh, this radio station was huge, and not one to boast, it got much hu- huger when I got there. And Dave, you should have known Matt back then, because I'll tell you oh, what, yeah, we yeah. were out eating caviar every Hey, night Mark, Mark we're doing, hey, by the way, <laughs> were you not eating caviar with me Sunday night? Absolutely was, it there, was fantastic. Yeah, you, you're, you're welcome. So we're back. We're back with the caviar. Thank you. We're back in the caviar, uh, sort of that stride, that caviar stride. And with all the accoutrements, I mean, everything, everything. fresh onion, fresh uh, uh, boiled you? eggs. I try to, I try to. Uh, yeah. For the first time with the uh, boiled eggs, the hard-boiled eggs, and it's, i got to say, it's Now, Martin, you, so you, you find it surprising that, uh, that Jews can like country. Would you be surprised to find that Jews like caviar? I, I, you know, that's a good question. I, bet, I don't know. I, I, you know, I bet you don't. Marty's just an anti-Semitic, <laughs> and I think I'm going to kill him. Uh, by the way. Not so, at all. Not so even close. our producer, Tattoo Dave, called it anti-Semitic. You do not say it. So if you can't say it, I guess he's not. Thank you. I stuttered. But here's the deal. I, I bet Tattoo Dave is not a caviar guy. Uh, I don't mind it. I'm not a, I, you know, I, I, I don't seek it out. And believe me, Mark C.G. Boyer, n- n- nothing uh, close to uh, uh, a fishy taste. No, no, no. It's a uh, fish. But uh, I do love a fish, a fish. You know, and any salmon roe is caviar, so on sushi we eat it all the time. Well, salmon roe is Smelt not egg, salmon roe. Well, see, that, that's a much fishier fish than the, than the black yeah. or the lump fish. You know, if you're going for an inexpensive caviar, it'd be the lump fish. But I, I wanted caviar so bad, but I believe it was an excuse to enjoy some fine chilled vodka. And and it was it, boy those go those go hand well, in David, hand. David, I even tried it without all the the the, the stuff you know ne- you know on it. I tried it by itself on a p- little piece yeah, and of it was toast, good and it was awesome. It was pretty good, and this is the yeah. cheap stuff, man. This is from Lumpfish, whatever the hell that is. What's with a lump on it? What, what, yeah, what is a? I don't know. What is think, a lump? It's a fish, a fish, a fishy fishy it's fish. It's such they, an elusive yeah. little fish. I think they breed it in the L.A. River. Lump fish. <laughs> well, whatever it was, it was really good. Uh, my story goes that I, my third program director, who happened to be the operations manager for all of Gannett Broadcasting. Man, I love this guy, Jerry DeFrancisco. Such a mellow guy. And I loved him to death. And he just, he was hands off. Matt, do your thing. You got the ratings. You know what the hell you're doing. Go in there and have fun. That's what a great program director does. Go in and have fun. Now, if you, you know, you break the rules and you're a little too naughty and you don't know, you know, how far to jump over that fence or to... 
then it's up to them to say, okay, that, that was a little too far. But this was one of the good guys. Well, this, I happened to walk by during one of the record pig meetings. Now, a record pig meeting, as we called them, were the record promoters who would stop by on a certain day each week and play their new songs for the program and music director. Yes. And then they would select, okay, we like that, we, like, eh, we don't like that. I walked by while that Sinead O'Connor song was playing, and I walked into Jerry's office, and Jerry is shaking his head. And as I said, he was a very mellow guy, so he just sort of shook his head, and he's saying, uh, and I said, I said, what is that? He said, and Jerry said, well, that's a song we won't be playing. I said, could you do me a favor? I have a few minutes. Could you play that from the beginning for me? So he played it from the beginning, and I forget the record pig, a.k.a. record rep. Yeah. And yeah, record pig, that's sort of nasty, but I think that many of the record oh, promoters yeah. deserved it. They would yeah. come, they would come <laughs> around and... <laughs> they deserved the moniker. They'd come around to a lot of the young at they'd go to the shows, they'd listen to the record, they would find a song, wait a minute, that's the song they bring it to the radio station. That's what they did. Well, that's those weren't did. the record promoters, but, but yeah. these were the guys that promoted the actual records once they were produced. Oh, okay. And, yeah, in, yeah. and in the can... And yeah. um, and so so he played it from beginning to end. I said, uh, Jerry, would you mind giving me that song this afternoon to play? And he said, it's it's not a hit. I said, Jerry, I love you to death, and you know that. And it's and it's rare when I can say that to a program director and mean it <laughs> because because I I meant it. I really did love him mm. to death. I said, Jerry, you have to trust me on this one. This is before anyone played. Nothing compares to you. The song written by Prince and performed by now the late uh, legend, Irish legend Sinead O'Connor. And he said, eh, I said, I'm going to fight you on this, Jerry. If there's anything I can do, give it to me. Let the listeners vote on it. Go ahead. Let's get some response. He was totally against it. He gave it to me in the 4 o'clock hour. I played it. The phones were off the hook. Yeah. It was a... Because it's a... I heard it. It was a brilliant song. Well, written by Prince. And became, it is a brilliant Yeah, song. but Prince you wrote... said that, Marty. Prince wrote a lot of songs that weren't big hits. <laughs> especially in the latter years. Yeah. I mean, you Manic know, Monday was one he wrote. No, yeah. No, 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 yeah, because Prince was a brilliant guy. <laughs> yeah. But this and the tone of Sinead and that sound, that, that sort of yeah. irony lilt it was so sexy and so beautiful and awesome. so brilliant and uh, not one to boast once again because never been boastful on this show oh, no. uh, with, never. within a week or two it became the number one song yeah. in America and do I have a gold record of Sinead O'Connor's uh, nothing compares to you on my wall no absolutely no. not no no they and never man, like I told you I don't you know what I mean that record promoter owes me his life for God God's sakes. I don't know if I ever if you ever heard the Chris Cornell he the remake he did. Oh yeah, it's good. But, oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. You know, Chris is well, okay, anything genius. anything Chris did was really good. <laughs> yeah. But I will tell you this, and I've heard the Prince version. But the but the version from Sinead O'Connor, oh, nothing compares perfect. to that. Yeah. And God nothing bless compares her. To that. God bless <laughs> her, man. That's a that's a broad that uh, had some real demons. Oh yeah, and that's that must have been a, a hellish life, and a, real sad that, that she's gone. Although you know, yappy, she was yappy and real political. Oh, and, the shape my hat is one of the Irish and real lefty. But I, you know, I felt bad for her, man. Uh, Michael Jackson's sexual abuse lawsuits are. 
I can't believe they just can't let this go. But but I'll tell you what, if there is some validity in this, I understand. If I'm the parent of the kid, you know, I, I want to be made good. And you'll never be made good if indeed some sort of sexual interaction did happen with Michael Jackson and a youngster. I mean, that's simply Icky. Now was Corey Feld because Corey Feldman was he was buddy. The, he was buddies. Well, right, and, and I think he came out with something. Was he defending him, know. or was he? Did he say something weird stuff happened? I, I Corey don't, Feldman is a complete whack job. He is. A, he is a know, nut. off the scale. Yeah, know, he is Dave. a nutbag. Right, you you've been around him before. So he was you? a neighbor of mine back yeah. in the day. Wow, no kidding. Yes. You're in well, LA. I actually have my girlfriend in Beverly Hills. Yeah, and uh, made friends with us. He was lived next door. He lives in the valley now. He uh, he uh, yeah. I can who tell ca- you stories. Who, who cares? Yeah. Go ahead. No, I said, I'm just saying he, I said, who, con- care, who cares to him living in the valley now? Because I ran into him at Buca de Beppo one night. Oh, it wasn't Ralph's? So so because you, you ran into him at a Buca de Beppo in the valley, uh-huh. then that means he now lives in the valley. No, no, I know it's through my friend Jeff Conaway, which is good friends with Corey. So I know that he lived in the and valley. And how many years ago was this? Uh, a long time ago. So he still must live in the valley? Yes, so. They have to. You're, you're telling me that once you move to the San Fernando Valley, you can't leave? Nope. All right. Yep. <laughs> you can check out anytime you like, Mark. So I mean, do do you have any do you have any proof that he's a whack? Job? I don't even need it because uh, I, he was. I mean, personally, I, on a personal level, I I sat and talked to him a million yeah. times. And Corey Haynes came over. Oh he was, boy, he, he lived next door with his girlfriend, and uh, they then the drugs started, and oh. it was just yeah. chaos after that. Yeah. They got kicked out of the building. Mm. My uh, the neighbor on the other side, who I was friends with, who I ended up. Long story endless. Yeah. Being roommates with ended up loaning Corey ten thousand dollars. Whoa! He never paid it back, yeah. and uh, yeah, they were all they were all screwed up on drugs. Yeah, the, he, he has yeah. a lot of drugs, but you got to hear him now. Like it's it's bad. Oh no no, he's so lefty. He's all this. Uh, don't don't wear animal skins and don't wear yeah. and, and all this. You know, yeah. pita pita pita. Well, how about don't do d- drugs there, Cor? How about this? You're living proof. Yeah well, yeah. Corey Hayes unfortunately killed himself with drugs. Well, so. they're reviving the uh, dismissed lawsuits of two men who allege oh, Michael God. Jackson sexually abused them as children for years. Uh, a move the court appears likely to make after a tentative decision that would order the cases back to a lower court for trial. The one damning piece of evidence for me, and I, I can't even recall where I heard this, but I did hear this years ago, that one of the kids knew that that near his, Michael's genitalia was a mole that looked like Mickey Mouse. Hmm. Does anyone else remember this? I've seen Vaguely, it. it sounds, I, I'm, it sounds I'm certain if you looked it up. I mean, but but to know that sort of thing, and if indeed, oh, he's got it there. If indeed there is, and was it a mole, or did did Michael have a tattoo? Put, I mean, it, okay, none of us. I, I'm I am certainly not ashamed to say are pedophiles here in this room. I, well, I, I, can, saw it, I can speak for uh, Mart and uh, Tattoo Dave. Thank you, and my own self. But but the and and by the way, this is no joking or laughing matter. But the bottom line is, if you are in that mindset of a pedophile, wouldn't that be something you do? Is tattoo a Mickey Mouse near your genitalia (laughs) so you so you could show the kid? Yeah, I mean that's that's icky. Anyway, so that's on. I got a lot to get to, including uh, Kareem Jean Pierre. And I'm going to, uh, once again, not boast, but I am going to be boastful. 
because on the record three weeks ago, I mentioned something that none of the media even touched on. Yep. Next on Magic Matt's Outlaw Radio on YouTube, Rumble.com, and great radio stations. Outlaw Radio.